Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we have Jared. Hello there. We got Jake. Yo. And Charlie. Yo, yo, yo. Today we're going to talk about love and boundaries. Um, <laughs> and more so the boundaries. <laughs> I don't even know what's you happening. got the giggles. Every, yeah, we all have the giggles, the giggles right now. Um, because something I heard... And I think I deal with a lot in my life. And if you are in relationship with other people, uh, you might hear this this statement a lot is, well, I like I love them, but I don't like to hang out with them or I love them, but I don't like really like them or I love them, but I'm never going to speak to them again. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I feel especially within um, the Christian community that said a lot because the base of our faith, right, is mercy love forgiveness uh the things that jesus the the things that jesus did when he died on the crosses he loved us even when we didn't deserve it he forgave us when we didn't deserve it he loved us through our transgressions through uh while we are still yet sinners right yeah and so i feel it's a thing that i hear a lot um in the christian community because we all know that we're supposed to love outside of what looks comfortable to us but yet we still look for the out when it truly comes down to it. You know, we still look for the reason why or justify something, why it's okay that we don't talk to this person or why we shun this person. And so I just want to talk about that. So what do you guys think about that specifically? And there's a lot of intricacies to this whole thing. So go ahead. Have at it. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is um, I think that's okay. I think one thing I've learned um, I remember I read a book. It's a second book, actually, but there's a first one called Boundaries. Um, I think you should read it. If you haven't heard of it, check it out. But I think it's definitely important to know that we have boundaries and boundaries are there for a reason. It's not wrong to have them. It's okay to be loving from afar. Um, and there's reason so, because I think there's difference between boundaries and walls. A lot of times people put up walls because they need to protect people or t- protect themselves. But what it does is inadvertently keeps other people out forever. Boundaries are basically saying, hey, boundaries can be moved. You could say, oh, you know what? Me and Dylan are cool, but we've kind of had this issue. I don't have that boundary there because it prevents me from getting hurt and prevents him from taking advantage or stepping over that line or something like that. So I definitely think it's important um, in all aspects of life. So sinners, you know, Christians, well, sinner, Christians are sinners, but people who are not Christians, Christians, um, your relationships with your mom, your dad, your girlfriend, your wife, whatever it may be, boyfriend, whatever. I think you should definitely have them. And and then I think it just fosters healthy relationship no matter what. Mm-hmm. But are you talking about like... Uh, I'm talking about anything, anything you want with this. Whole. Okay. So the way I, I interpret what you're saying is, and I think this might be true, is I think what you're saying, Jared, is is I agree with. But I also think like the the Christian within the Christian community, we can get like real petty with a lot of things. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Also. Uh, like in a sense of like... Uh, any little thing means I can't be around that person. It's like, you're fine. <laughs> you're literally <laughs> yeah. fine. Uh, and it's kind of like you're saying it's like this out or like this escape. Now, going back to what you were saying, Jared, yeah, of course, there's absolutely healthy boundaries. And anybody with like that knows anything about like psychology and development knows that there are boundaries in all aspects of life, yeah. you know, and they're good. And even God has set boundaries, right? Like boundaries are a good thing. Um, but... I think when it becomes petty, when you try to find every reason to find these, like, I can't be around them. I can't mm-hmm. be around them. And before you know it, you can't be around 50 people and you're like <laughs> the common denominator, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's, that's kind of what I took that as. It uh, is, it's funny because when we started talking about like boundaries and th- or when we got the, the, sh- the show notes, quote unquote, um, that's what they're called. Are they? Oh. <laughs> They're show sure notes. They're quote unquote. You, I'm just giving you a hard time. Podcast notes. I don't know. I'm just giving you glasses. Yeah. <laughs> blue lights. Uh, they're not blue lights. But, uh, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but when it comes to like boundaries, I started thinking to myself, like obviously the first thing we go to when it comes to boundaries and obviously pointing back to Jesus is like Jesus had 12 disciples and Jesus had the three. Like, it, And we can go on and on about that. And I was like, well, is there something else? And I went searching for something, and I didn't have to search very far, but it's John chapter 2, verse 23 and 25. And it says, because of, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. 
No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. Mm. And I was like, huh. And it just kind of opened my eyes like, yeah, we know Jesus had boundaries. We know Jesus had his close friends. But then reading that, I was like, okay, like I, I can see that. And the coolest part to me, though, in John chapter 2 is it, is it doesn't show that just because Jesus had boundaries for people doesn't show that Jesus pushed people to the side, like Jake was saying, like, oh, I can't hang out with them. I can't do that with them. It's like, no, Jesus was still there. Jesus still talked to them. Jesus still ate with them, but he just had boundaries with them. And I was like, oh, that's, a, that's just like a cool correlation I, that Jesus is tight. <laughs> <laughs> he is pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. And I think what you said, Jared, is... Very important where um, boundaries are flexible, mm -hmm. but 100% correct, I think, with what Jake said, too, is we turn them into walls and, right. then, and then claim them to be boundaries. But really, it's just a hardened heart, you know? And I think that is um, one of the worst things you can have, especially towards people. You see it as you're protecting yourself, right? Or it's a boundary, but really your heart's just hardening to ultimately uh, it's hardened to many things in life. Mm -hmm. it's hard into what God um, is trying to give you. You know, you, in the Bible, it says, um, if basically, if you don't forgive your brother or sister, if you don't forgive the people around you, God's not going to forgive you, you know? And right. um, I think part of that is, yes, he says it straightforward, almost like a rule, right? But hold on one second. Um, he says that, but ultimately, I think what it's really saying is it's hard to receive that forgiveness if you can't lend it out. You know, and I think ultimately what God is saying there is you're not going to receive fully his His love, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy when you can't give it out to other people. Because it's if you can't do it in a tangible, it's right here form, it's, it's crazy to me to think that you're going to be able to receive it from a loving father who's in the spiritual realms, you know? And so... It is cool, though, that we have just different perspectives immediately. Like, Jared immediately was like, dude, boundaries are the greatest. And then Jake hears it in a different perspective. He's like, well, people are kind of petty with him, you know? And, th and that's why I wanted to talk about this, especially mm -hmm. because there's um, so much to say and so many different opinions. And I just think it's important to talk about. But one thing I had on the show notes was... Uh, Jesus has been betrayed by us time and time again, yet he still offers all of his love to us. Should we be fully like this? Or is there, where is the point specifically? Like we could talk about broad, but I think this conversation would be nice to have like a more specific thing because I think there's a lot of people who struggle with this in their daily lives. So like, what is the point where it's like, okay, I need to really stop, take a step back or, you know what? I need to lean into this mm. and see what God does. Are you talking about in... In relationships. Oh, with people. Yeah, with people. Oh, okay. Because Jesus's relationship with us, like I said, is betraying time and time again. That didn't stop him or slow him down from descending from heaven to take up the cross. And uh, so I'm wondering in my head, when do we slow down versus when do we lean in even more? Because this is a really weird and really different... Mm -hmm. um, kind of idea you know i think i think that what is helpful is obviously this has to come in the context of like in you're in a relationship with god right you're you have that intimacy you guys are speaking and right okay so that's we have to assume that that's the situation if that's the situation then odds are you have a direction in your life and to me it's like that's what god is doing in your life where god is taking you you have to stay focused, right? And there's people that are going to be a part of that and people that aren't going to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. and that's okay. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think what happens is is we easily lose sight of God. We lose sight of uh, maybe that direction or that mission or whatever it is. And then we can kind of get like thrown around by people. And, oh, yeah. this happened to me. And this happened to me. So I can't do this. And I can't be around them if I'm going to keep moving forward. Um, there was a, a time in my life where I was at odds with somebody and I just remember, and I don't know why, I mean, I just remember feeling like whenever this person's like ready, I'm, I'm cool. I'm literally cool. Am I going to hit that person up to go get dinner right now? I'm not going to do that. But mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm cool. Because I, I just came to a point where I was like, well, I'm going this way and I'm going to go there either way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I think the people that, you know, kind of have maybe that lack of direction or lack of, you know, path, it's really easy for them to be so like wavered and, and thrown away by people and by, you know, um, whereas the person with direction might be able to easier to have grace and have forgiveness and be like, all right, cool, I'm ready because I already know where I'm going, you know? Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I think when you're going somewhere, like you said, you need to be able to, like when you go somewhere new, something old always has to die with that, right? Yeah. I would say that's true. When you're going into something new, you can't just always be who you were. You know, so take right now, for instance, everybody right now is learning and understanding that it's like, hey, I can't just go back to living how it was in January or February. It's like everything has changed. And when I'm expecting to go into someplace new with that mindset from back there, it's not going to work. Like you're not, you're not going to get to that new place. So I think what you said too, and specifically within this topic is, say you're trying to get to a place where you don't hold so much resentment, right? Or unforgiveness and really stepping into the boundaries or, or the circle that God has for you of, of like love and forgiveness. You can't get there until you drop that weight of bitterness or unforgiveness or lack of mercy, whatever it may be. That's what you're kind of saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That that sounds pretty close. Kind of the way I pictured it is like literally Jesus carrying a cross up a hill, right? Mm-hmm. It's like he knows this has to happen. He knows that that's where he's going. So the people that are mocking him, he's not really phased by it. I'm sure he's probably annoyed, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, I'm, this is where I'm going. The people that actually killed him, forgive him. They don't know what they're doing because that's where he's going. He knows that this is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's, easy to, it's easier for him to kind of be like not so uh, phased by, by people oh, is what I'm, maybe kind of what I'm trying to say. Okay. Where it's the people that are too easily phased by people, uh, then it's... I can't be around this person. I can't be around this person. I can't be around this person. And mm-hmm. I can't forgive that. I can't forgive that. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like in a hole, you know? Uh-huh. That's kind of, does that make sense? No, yeah. You're talking more on, were you going to say something, Chuck? No, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around this right now. I was processing out loud right now. So No, you're <laughs> talking about uh, the idea of pettiness because that's what we're talking about yeah. a little bit. And figuring out how to have, I guess, just a little bit thicker of skin. Yeah. Because Maybe to, so the, to to avoid having to set mm-hmm. up as many boundaries as you think you need. Yeah. To realize, oh, people aren't all against me right now, you know? Dude, okay. So there's this interesting thing that it's my theory. I think we all grow up so accepting of just everything, right? And like, oh, we love everybody so accepting. And then we all go through the point where a hurt happens and then we go, we do like the overcorrection where we're like, screw everybody. Yeah. Like, frick everybody. I'm not going to do anything. And some people stay there, but, and some people like maybe re overcorrect again and then just kind of go back and forth. But I think a good place to be is um, when you overcorrect and you're like, screw everybody, you're in that mode. When you kind of climb out of that mess, when you kind of climb out of there and get your footing again, and you're kind of somewhere in the middle between like, dude, I love everybody but I also acknowledge this hurt. Dude, I think that's like one of the most beautiful places to be because it's like God pulled you through this hurt to where now these other things come and you're like, dude, I know what actual hurt feels like. So this, maybe somebody's talking bad about me or somebody's um, says this about destiny or whatever. And in my head, I'm just like, eh, big deal. Like, I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> it becomes much easier to handle instead of the idea of having mm-hmm. to set up boundaries or not being able to forgive you know yeah okay yeah so because what it does is um puts you in a place where you won't have to be so this person's like in this circle of people and this circle of people and this and i like these people a lot but i don't hang out with them only text these people it's like i'm only gonna see them once a month you know you're gonna spend how many hours of your week thinking about that when god's (laughs) like dude i need you to be doing this right now you know yeah 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 that's, that's kind a, of where I was going with that. Yeah, and that's super important, especially to get where God's taking us, right? I think um, all of us are kind of called in a certain way, shape, or form. And when we're able to focus, like you said, on what He's doing, we need to be able to be able to push through and really focus on the bigger things at hand. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Chuck, what do you think about all that? I was just going to like, pose this question then. Like... 
say you are, you're on a mission, God has you on this mission, but say along the way, like God places someone in your life that maybe us as humans view that, view this person or view whatever the situation may be as a hindrance. And we're kind of just like, nah, like I'm going to push that to the side and keep focusing. But what if that's God calling you to be like, nah, like that's the person right now that I need you to minister to, or that's the person right now I need you to love. Like, do you, would you both of you, cause you guys were going in on that and I'm just sitting here learning now too. Um, would you guys have something that maybe like, uh, how would I say that? Uh, like a not roadblocks, but like a uh, like a a ringer in your mind, like oh, like that's someone that God's calling me to right now, or or is that someone that I'm pushing towards? If that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think it's like honestly, there's a lot of like discernment. No one ever is going to be pushing people away. You know what I mean? Especially if you're asking me personally, mm-hmm. there's no one I'm like going to push away and be like, dude, I'm not going to talk to you right now. Yeah. There's been times where I've talked to people, and I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> where I've been in mid conversation, I'm like. I, this is not going to be a thing. Like we're not <laughs> just go and finish the conversation, get through what you're going to say. And we're going to probably leave it at that for the rest of our lives, you yeah. know? Yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm not, not to push people away at all. But again, it's going back to that discernment to being like, all right, Lord, this is in front of me right now. What do I do with it? And that's where you have to be like, okay, God, where are we at? Mm-hmm. What do we do? And that's where the intimacy with God has to come first. That's why I had to preface with that needs to be like the first thing because God will put people in your path on while you're on your mission. Yeah, yeah I think 100%. Hmm. No, I like that a lot because like, like you just said, it's like we all have a path whether you know it or not. Like God's called every single one of us to do something. And along those ways, there's going to be those people that might be hard to love, but God's going to call us to love. And yeah. It well, just... aren't we all, aren't you hard to love? I could call no, Aubrey perfect. right now and I'll ask her. We're all don't, hard to don't love. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think like Jake was saying, it's a discernment thing because <laughs> I think what it comes down to at the end of the day, if it's a relationship or it's a friendship and maybe it is difficult or I, it, I don't know, it, it's kind of difficult. So I would say if it's causing you to sin and it's hindering you in that way, like this person's causing you to sin, I think that you should definitely create some sort of distance. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything, we're, we're called to cut off and shed everything, every weight. To push off, get out, rid of all of that, anything that causes you to sin, it shouldn't be not be causing you sin. But if you're saying like maybe like somebody I, I've heard of referred to as like an emotional vampire, like some mm-hmm. of those people in your life where you're like, it's it takes a little bit more of your energy. You're like, all right, like you know, Jake. I'm like, I, I love him to death. He's just a, a, kind of a lot for me. He's just that one. Um, he's just that for me. Say maybe it's that kind of person. I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think again, boundaries. Yeah. I'm not going to spend all day every day with Jake. Maybe I see him twice a week and I'm like, okay, I got to love him. I do love this dude. It's just, it's hard and at times. And I think everybody could say the same for their, even their relationships. There are times where I guarantee my girlfriend's probably like, gosh, I love this dude, but oh, wow, it is difficult right now. Cause it's just, it's, it gets there. People have their seasons of life, but yeah, I think you'll kind of know you mm-hmm. pray for that discernment. God's going to reveal to you, you know, Hey, I need you to administer. I need you to be there. This is important. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it just kind of depends on what the relationship is. I, yeah, I think it's just depending. Yeah, I agree. No, no, no. I kind of took that, that personal a little bit. I know it was an example, but I felt like you were really saying that to me. You're not an emotional <laughs> vampire. <laughs> what? I was, what? See, you don't. You don't. You're not an emotional vampire. Appreciate you. Um, but it's going back to that same thing. Is like knowing where you're going. It's easier to determine. This person I can tolerate. This person is pulling me away from what God mm-hmm. is doing. You know. Mm-hmm. And but you have to. You have to kind of discern that for yourself you know yeah yeah now let's talk about it within a church setting huh we're planning a church right the thing that's hilarious to me you see it everywhere is like it's always the most ridiculous reasons like why you don't want to hang out with this person or is this person going because i don't know they're just kind of annoying me i'm not going to go to that church anymore because they go yeah it's like i was so so there on sunday oh such babies dude i'm gonna go to first service instead oh praise him oh the service switch dude (laughs) and then you have to switch your seats (sighs) yeah dude it's so real though that is a very real thing i think we've all been in this the church world long enough to know like (laughs) multiple people that we've know in our circle probably that have done that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well it's funny just in in leadership and when you're planning things for people, it's so annoying when you're grouping people up and you're like, I know these two don't really get along. So Gosh. Uh, I know not to put them in a group. Isn't it 
like I won't say that, but isn't it ridiculous? Stupid. Isn't it, it ridiculous is that that's even a thought in your head, right? When we're all here for the same goal. Mm-hmm. It's going back to the direction. Yes. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing, but it's so silly uh, that, that that's even a thought in my head. And Chuck, I'm sure the same thing with you yeah. when you're um, planning groups of things together and you're like, uh, God, I, uh, I got to fix this group actually. Cause it's just going to be tension right here. Dude. Imagine if Jesus was like that. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I can't have Matthew and Peter next to each other. Okay. I have to sit them across the Dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> But I was going to say that it's not like you guys aren't crazy for having to do that. Cause people do like go through breakups and there are things yeah. that you're just like, oh. you want to just be nice about it. It's like, I don't want to pair two people that are like just at broke odds. Up 10 minutes ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not crazy, <laughs> but it is. I think I'm uh, saying to there are the petty ones though. But like uh-huh. there's times where it's like, yeah, I'm going to be smart and respectable or uh-huh. respectful. Yeah. Yeah. If it's something like that, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, if you're involved in ministry with other people, suck it up. And, I, and I'm being pretty like True. real about that. It's not about you. You're not doing this ministry for you. Like if you're sitting here thinking that, oh, I'm serving AF because I want to, if you're doing it for you, you for the wrong reasons, like just go home and, and come back when you're ready to like, grow up, be a big boy and serve. <laughs> and, that, and that's just real. Like oh, I'm keeping it out too. Like I don't, Matthew and Peter and John, those fools might have not been like best buddies. Like they're probably like, all right, cool. And then they might have butted, like I guarantee you, Peter probably pissed everybody off. <laughs> his foot in his mouth all the time. Like the dude seems like he was probably annoying, but he also, you know, was full walked on water. I, I guarantee you they probably Everybody's did not. jealous yeah, a little bit. And he's probably, guess we'll check it out. Like <laughs> I guarantee you those dudes uh, like butted heads. Like they probably butted heads. But I think that's what it comes down to. We're humans. I think even your dad talked about is one time, um, is one of his, one of the sermons. And he's basically saying how people will hop churches because they want to avoid other people's issues. And it compared it to a verse in the Bible. I don't know the one um, where he's talking about, I think, donkeys on a stable and you know i'm looking at the drop right yeah. yeah thanks bring that up jamie um <laughs> but it's like we're gonna have our own crap to deal with it, mm-hmm. it really is at the end of the day everybody has their thing you're gonna have to put up with people but at the end of the day we're still here to do ministry we're here to love we're here to foster relationships mm-hmm. don't neglect the fact that people have to put up with you yourself too mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> you know what i mean like well i was just gonna say that i think it's so like it's the it's a pride thing. It's a pride thing that says I shouldn't be around this person. I can't do it because why? You're better than them. It's like no. I mean, I think it's one of those things where we have to evaluate ourselves. And like I said last week, like remember that like everyone's car is messy. Your car's mm-hmm. messy. Their car's messy. Actually, Reina's car is not messy. My wife, it's pretty clean. She keeps that thing pretty clean. But yeah. you get what I'm trying to say. It's like everybody yeah. has their stuff. That's and, like uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. Go ahead. That's like my life motto, dude. Is um, the key to life seriously is understanding how much you stink. Like, yes, how much truthfully, how awful you could be mm-hmm. as a person. And I think I've done awful things in my life and I've seen like how low I can go. And then I think to myself, how low can hey. you go? Hey, hey. How low can you go? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Trans- Dance party. you can laugh, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All off camera. <laughs> no laughing on the podcast, dude. But you're right. Keep going with that. Um, I've done some grimy things, like actual grimy things in my life that I'm not proud of. But when I run into those and acknowledge those and let Jesus work from those, it helps me understand how much my crap stinks. Mm-hmm. So when people bring their crap. Uh, whether it be on purpose or just that's just who they are because everybody's hard to love. I can see that and filter it through my own crap. This sounds ridiculous, but mm-hmm. filter it through my own life, my where I've been. And I can say to myself, bro, I know how whack I can be. I know how grimy I can be. I know how awful I have been. So that it's all good, dude, because I know where people can go. And it's mm-hmm. only because when... Jesus was able to bring to the forefront the griminess in my life. Am I able to look at somebody else's and be like, bro, look at what I got. Like, don't even trip, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's so important in just the walk with Christ, but just going through this life because otherwise you're going to 
like you talked about earlier, build up all these circles or build up all these boundaries that it's like, oh my gosh, today's Tuesday. So I got boundary A, B, C, D. <laughs> I got to take this freeway PFG, home. <laughs> yeah. All this stuff. And it's insane. But that's, it's truly, in my opinion, one of the biggest keys to life is understanding and, and smelling your own crap once in a while. Humility. Yeah. yeah. It's like people can get that. They don't realize how much easier their life would be. If you can realize how bad you suck, but <laughs> but true. how much God loves you mm-hmm. in the middle of it, yeah, you will find. That's how you find freedom. That's how you find peace. Is understanding that wow, I am so imperfect, and so is Dylan, and so is Chuck, and yet we're all existing. Oh, and sorry, and Jared, oh, Jared especially <laughs> coming and smelling like cool water. <laughs> but Jared's perfect. Thank you. But uh, under, that's like the most freeing thing you can do because it puts mm-hmm. you in a place of like an even playing field instead of trying to main, keep up this uh, facade of, mm-hmm. well, I'm a little bit higher than everybody else. Like that's exhausting and mm-hmm. just not true. And everybody can see it. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> and that, it is exhausting. And the way I look at it too is – when it comes to the idea, let's say for forgiveness, and it comes to this, um, the, like the playground of us looking at ourselves higher, or there can be times, especially within church, and I think just in life in general, where we can meet somebody or we can come together with somebody, and they kind of share their life, and we're like, oh, well, that, ooh, like I can't believe you would do such a thing like that, or do this or that, or or how can you be thinking like this? And a lot of times, it can be hard for us to. And it's not even our job to forgive them unless they did something to us specifically, but it could be a hard time for us to maybe get over that or get over that sin or whatever it is that they might have committed. And I always have to think to myself in this kind of genre and in this like topic we're talking about is like, imagine if Jesus didn't forgive my sins. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd be sent straight to hell. Like, I, I, if we're going to be real, like every single one of us. You still and might. So, I might. You never know, man. You never know. But, like, I, I have to sit there and think about that. Like, if I got what I deserve because of the sins that I've committed, because of the things that I, I've done in my past and I'm going to do in the future, like, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. So when I think about that in my own personal life, and we've talked about this right now, it's like, why or not even why, but it's more so we should do the same exact thing for others. And it's a hard time. It's a hard thing for my mind to grab around is actually doing so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can I uh, not add something to that? But I'll, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that yet. Uh, but I want to switch it a little bit into like, well, when is it appropriate mm-hmm. to like have those boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. in the church world? When is it appropriate? In, uh, well, I guess not even in church world. Yeah. No, in, in general, I feel like you should always have boundaries. Yeah, I think there should you should have boundaries. I'm talking every... relationally with people. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely, every. I think I should. I've like I get, if I could look at every relation in my life, I have boundaries, and I think you should have one with every person, even the people you're like most close with. And I think it's super duper healthy. Like I think it's always really good. Like I think uh, my own personal relationship, I know. Little stuff that's not that big of a deal. Like my girlfriend say, hey, like if you do that, if you say that, like that makes me feel a certain type of way. That's a boundary there because I'm like, hey, I know it's not right to cross that and say that thing. It's not a big deal for me or maybe it's a joke that I think is funny and she finds it offensive because, you know, that's me. I I find humor and that kind of stuff sometimes. Um, I'm not going to cross that boundary because it's healthy. It it fosters a healthy relationship. Or if I know, hey, with me and Dylan, um, you know, I can hang out with same thing. I can hang out with him a couple times a week, but it it's really frustrating. Or he does this thing, and it makes me really upset. So I think the best thing to do is maybe not see him every single day. That's a true story. Um, <laughs> but I think you should have. You love me. I I do with all my heart. <laughs> I think you should have boundaries no matter what. I think it's especially important with church leadership. In church leadership, I th- I think it's pretty. You know, you guys can see this being in leadership. Um, you need to have those boundaries. You can't expend yourself all the time for every single thing not only with your time but then with every person like yeah be personal and know people but geez if if chuck had to sit and individually talk to every single kid's parent maybe a youth pastor by the way yeah chuck's a youth pastor he loves when you're a parent and you complain to (laughs) him about what his kid did or something that their kid didn't win the game yeah (laughs) yeah like but that's just kind of real it's like 
at the end of the day, there's only so much. There's only so much. You have to have a line somewhere. And it's like I said, it's not a wall. It's not meant to shut people out. Mm -hmm. But it's to keep you safe and to keep that relationship healthy. Mm -hmm. Well said. Yeah, Yeah, I, I like that. And I think in my head, though, I think of it more as kind of what Jake talked about, though. Just like your expectation. It seems like more like an expectation thing where it's not set high for everybody. And it's not... Um, like, I don't think I have to be perfect. You know, there's room for like growth and there's room for like mess ups, slip ups on both ends for myself and for other people. And, um, I realize that when I do that, I live a lot healthier lifestyle because say somebody lets me down. I don't look at that let down as the whole relationship. I'm just like, ah, I will get them at the next one. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I see things. Mm-hmm. I don't so know what you it's guys almost, think about that. I think it's good to keep I know it's kind of messed up maybe, but keep your expectations of low. And I think the number one thing I've learned over the past like three years is stop putting my expectations on other people. Mm -hmm. So when I expect Dylan or Charlie or Jake or Rain or anybody else to act the way I would have done things, I'm going to be let down 100% of the time Mm -hmm. because you guys aren't me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a really big thing because people suck, man. We're imperfect. We mess up Mm -hmm. all the time. And if I, you know, if I text Charlie back and expect him to text me back in five minutes, and if he doesn't, it's like, oh, oh, what's up with Charlie? It's like you're gonna, you're gonna be upset. You're gonna be a Mr. Poopy Pants every yeah. single day. Yeah, yeah. I think. Sorry. Nope. Go ahead. And not to make this like a dating and relationship one, but just like what Jared said about holding certain expectations to somebody else, it's like I think that's why so many like relationships fall, or mm-hmm. so many like arguments can stem if you're dating somebody or even married to somebody is because we hold such high expectations because maybe that's the way you would do it, but that's not the way your significant other would do it. Fun story. First year of marriage with me and Aubrey. Aubrey doesn't like to pick up after herself. I'm not bashing Aubrey right now, but from <laughs> let no it one, all out. No one, <laughs> no one really does. Session. Um, but like, for instance, like she'll throw the towel on the floor when she's done using it or whatnot. And I'm just like, Bro, that drives me crazy. But that's my <laughs> expectation. And so, like, Chuck's eyes got all big when he said that. Oh, my God. The whites in his eyes. I can't just... wait to hear the uh, response next week of what she said to this. <laughs> so, to post I won't it, be allowed next week. Uh, <laughs> Chuck's going to come in head down, and Aubrey's standing there, just like arms crossed. <laughs> hey, Aubrey wanted to sit in on this one. <laughs> we love you, Aubrey. Love but you, Aubrey. It goes back to that idea of in, any relationship. It's like yeah. you can't hold that standard of what you would expect somebody else to do. And it goes back to to communication. How are you communicating to that other person? How are those responsibilities or like those boundaries being communicated to? But so then let's bring it full circle now. Hmm. It's like imagine if in your relationship, right, you had these things and they let you down and you were like, okay, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So you wouldn't be in a relationship for longer than two weeks at a time ever, mm-hmm. you know, like I've been married for, uh, going on four years, like three and a half years. And it's like, imagine if every time I was let down or if I let Raina down, dude, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it would, there's no way to make that last. And I think that's true for any relationship, friendship, uh, church. What's the word? Uh, I don't know, like just any community, any at all. It's a type it's of relationship. Like if every time you got let down or were bothered or whatever, it's like, and you put mm-hmm. up a boundary because this person just doesn't get. It's like, dude, you're you're gonna go nowhere real quick. Yeah, you know, dude. dude sorry, no, I'd say good. It's like that's like the funniest thing that you say that because I remember I forgot who said it to me, but like throughout high school and things like that. This is not a dating podcast, but when it came to dating, can be, yeah. Hmm. Um, but when it came to dating, I remember I didn't want to put up with other people's stuff or like, like significant <laughs> other things, like just issues. And so like when they would arise, I'd be like, all right, I'm done. That's how you know that you're not ready to be in a relationship. It does. But it also shows you too, like what you were just talking about. It's like, don't, you can't just push those things to the side. You got to work through some of those things. And legit, the first time I ever did that was with my wife now. And I start, I start thinking to myself like that, like one, when it comes to relationships is going to take work, but also when it comes to like the boundaries and th- certain things like that, it's going to take work. This might be helpful. I heard this is in the same world as this, but I can't remember who said it. And I'm really bummed out. It's probably me. Go ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no way you could have come up with anything like this, but. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, they, they okay. said, uh, <laughs> they said, 
So when you're bothered, when someone bothers you, you ask yourself why. Why did this bother me? And then you ask yourself why again. They get to answer that and say, okay, well, why this? Why this? And you just keep whying all the way down and you realize the problem was with you and not them. Hmm. Right? I feel Ooh. like Pastor Eric taught you that. No, no, it definitely I think it's was too me. sophisticated. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that was honestly, I think I might have came up with that on my own. <laughs> nope, it's in my book. <laughs> you definitely uh, did it. Yeah, it's in my book. That's um, interesting, though. Yeah, they said ninety nine percent of the time the problem will, will be you. The mm. bottom line why will be because I was insecure. Yeah, because yeah. I did this, Shoot. because I this, and I projected it as it was your fault, right? And then I put up a boundary based off of something that is that you couldn't help even if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Dang. Yeah. And that's, I remember... That's wild. Yeah. I don't remember where... I'm, I'm so might, glad I taught you that. Thanks, Chuck. We'll look it up. And then yeah. We'll... It might have been a book. It might have been Jordan Peterson. I don't remember. No, that's, that's, that's really good. Like, I think that's one thing I learned that helped me, like, I guess, grow up. Like, I was having a hard time. Like, I remember, I want to say probably like four years ago, four or five years ago, maybe closer to three. Um, I was having a tough time, like, when something would happen... I was in, you know, a particular part of my life and I remember like people would say something and it would just like trigger me and it would make me really upset and I would be so upset with that person and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I felt like they wronged me. And then what I had to kind of go back to is I had to dissect it and I did that whole thing that Jake said. I had to be like, why is this making upset? Like, let's, let's get to the root cause. And it was one of those things where it was, man, like, oh, the reason they, you know, they said that and it made me feel this way is because I am insecure about this Mm -hmm. or that makes me feel sad because I'm not, you know, skilled or I don't feel particularly, I, I think the root cause of mine was like having really like low self-esteem or something to that extent. But it was like a really big thing. I feel like I had to learn like, wow, that's, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the more you dig, I guess. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's freeing because I can't control what you do but I can control, you know, me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that tells me that if I'm the problem, I'm also the solution, right? Oh, yeah. That, or I should say that God working in your life, working through those things, those insecurities, or or honestly, or through the people that actually wronged you that mm-hmm. have, you know, caused your vision to be skewed towards others or your pers- perspective towards others to be skewed. Um, you have a hand along with God to work through those things. Therefore, you don't have to push everybody away because... Yeah. It's not everyone's fault. And when you can realize it's not everybody's fault, uh, yeah, I think you live much more peace life, peaceful life, mm-hmm. honestly. <clears throat> I guess to go back to your initial question, which got us here, was like on the other end, right? You said... Like when to say Like that when thing. is it? Yeah. I want to say, just I always like to say this and so people know, like when there's abuse, obviously, and sexual abuse, verbal abuse, mental abuse, stuff like that in your life, like, dude, it is totally okay if you never want to be around that person again. It's important to forgive. And that sounds crazy maybe to somebody listening to that right now, but it brings you more peace than you could ever imagine to forgive in that moment. But in times of abuse, it's okay to not want to be in the same room as that person. Mm -hmm. That's totally okay. You're not a bad person or anything like that. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's going back to, I think we're talking about more of the petty things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, like, yeah, I would not even say it's not, it's okay to not be in the same room as that person. I would probably encourage you to not be in the same room yeah. as that person, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking, we're talking more of the, uh, the yeah, pettiness. I just wanted to like clarify yeah, that's, it because that's there smart. are moments where it's like, dude, that's a hundred percent, like, no questions asked. Like, yeah. You get it. 100%. That's where people, you know, people who have been involved in those kind of relationships, I don't like being like perpetuating like a victim culture because I feel like that's just, after they're out, I think those people want to be free of it too. They don't want to be looked at as a victim. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a big thing. But I definitely, on every, pretty much everything else other than I would say those, you know, maybe domestic violence or sexual abuse, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think a big thing is people st- should still seek out reconciliation. Yes. I think, I remember I had a personal experience where I was, felt like I had been wronged. And then I had to go through this whole like healing process where I figured out like I was part of the problem too. And I was like, I'm not, I just can't reconcile with this person. And then I did. And then life's been so much better since then. And after I did, I was like, holy crap. I feel like there's a weight that's been lifted off my shoulders because I got it out. I just let it out. And I talked to the person. I was like, hey, I'm mad. I was mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Like, I, I want to be cool with you again. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Yeah. I guess another question I have, and it's just something interesting to think about, 
is uh, why are there some relationships that people fight for, but others that ones don't? Emotions. You know? Because it's like I'll, I'll see people, and even within my own life, it's like I've gone through hell and high water to to make sure this relationship still goes. But then there's other ones where it's like, ah, whatever, screw that guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder why uh, there's different depths to it because the people who hurt you the most are the people whom you care about right Mm -hmm. or the people you love so when why is it in some hurts from these people that you love like this one was worth it but this one isn't right now like maybe it's like oh you know what um my girlfriend was worth it but my cousin's not worth it or my pops was worth it but um my best friend wasn't you know i don't know i'm just thinking about these things in my head i guess to one challenge people maybe think like oh dang why did i fight for this one but not that one but two it's i'm just honestly curious i don't know that there is an answer to that honestly i feel like it's more of like a challenge for someone to look in themselves and be like why did i do that you know Mm -hmm. and maybe it's the severity of the wrongdoing could Mm -hmm. be a a factor i don't know Mm -hmm. maybe it's uh it could be ties Mm -hmm. you know that are you know could be those ties uh there's i think there's a lot of different factors but i think it is again i don't think there's like an answer a blanket answer i think it's like a you need to determine in your heart why was this person you know why was it easier for you to do this or why were you not willing to do this you know i don't know man that's interesting though like you said jacob i think it's just it, it can be a case by case type of a thing in the certain situations but i think one big underlining factor is just the emotional draw you have towards that one person and because it could be, for instance, working in youth ministry, I'll just say it, working in the youth ministry, it's like someone that lost their virginity. And I'm like, oh, maybe like that's not a good idea. This person doesn't come to church. You're having premarital sex, yada, 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 and the list goes on. And then it comes to the point where, too, I've had those conversations and there's the verbal abuse. There is the physical abuse. And I say, well, why is it that you're so drawn to them? And one, it could be the emotional factor of he was my first or she was my first. And then it can even go on to the factor of he, I feel like he's the only person or she's the only person that gives me attention. And I think deep down inside of me, a lot of those, not issues, but a lot of those problems and a lot of those areas of like why I can't let go or I want to fight so hard for this certain person is because emotional ties. What do you guys think? I would say it, it's, it is case by case. Like we've all been mm-hmm. saying, I think it's a lot of, perceived emotional bond Mm. um you know you what you think or like say like i'm like maybe i've known charlie and dylan the same exact amount of time and like i but i hang out with dylan a bunch a bunch a bunch we go through we you know we do all everything together we do a lot of stuff and i see charlie once a week well maybe you know if charlie messes up or he does something that i don't like and i cut him off "Eh, you know what i don't have as much an emotional bond Mm -hmm. And with Dylan, I'm like, oh, dude, that was like my brother. Like, you know, I do everything with that dude. So it's a little bit different. In the case of people having like, like sex, it, it that is like I I always want to say, I you know, I heard it from a, a pastor, um, but it's like a soul a soul tie. Yeah. So basically, you're giving a part of yourself. You're sharing not only your body, but you know, your emotional fragility, your, your spirit with that person, mm-hmm. and you're creating a tie. Especially when you're not married, you're doing something so significant where even the bible says sexual sins are worse because you sin against yourself yeah but you're sharing that part was only supposed to be done with your you know your husband or your wife and you're sharing with somebody that's not your husband or wife so it it just creates a laundry list of problems that's just issues and you know if you listen to this and you've had you know premarital sex you're not married that person you can probably attest to this and be like man it created so many issues and you kind of left some of your yourself kind of left some of your spirit with that other person. Yeah. I mean, there's hormones. There's all these different endorphins that get released into your mind when you have sex for the very first time. Um, there's there's clinical studies behind it, especially when it comes to like the females. There's a certain endorphin that is released in a female that makes them more attracted towards whoever it is that they gave their virginity to. And that's why when I look at that and scientists have proved that, I'm like, man, God's so cool because God intended that for your husband for that first time it's all designed Mm. Uh, i think kind of another thing too is like for me it's kind of one of those things where i think okay well am i even gonna come across this person that often 
is it even worth it? You know, or if it's like a, maybe it's like a divorce or something where you're like, and you have split custody of a child. It's like, okay, well I have to be cordial. I have mm-hmm. to, I have to do this for the, for the child. Right. Um, or whatever it is. So I think for me, it's like, I'm, which is probably a shallow thing on my end. Cause I would determine if I don't, I'm probably not going to see this person that often. I'm probably fine. I don't think I really need to go out of my way to make things right. Or because I do see this person a lot, I should probably make these things right. Mm. And I don't think that's a good thing to do. I think you're harming yourself in picking and choosing that way. But I think what the last thing I'll say in all this is, again, going back to what part did you play in it? And determining that will determine you know, those things. And I think it's really important to do that. I think you have to do that, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to, otherwise everything is everyone's fault and no one deserves forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. cause everyone's against you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I get that. And so, uh, I definitely think there's levels to it. Um, sexual ties adds a lot to that, of course. And I guess what both of you guys talked about, just, you were talking about something like proximity, Almost like, oh, this person, I'm not going to really be around this person. Yeah, I'm saying that could be a reason why yeah. we pick and choose. I get that. And then, hmm. like Jerry was saying, um, different levels. Like, this, I've ride or die. This is my super homie. And this one's like just my homie, you know? So, <laughs> all that makes sense. Homie too. and super homie? No, but I think the last question that I'll ask, homie and super homie, dude. <laughs> the movie's it's coming new, out next yeah, year. Yeah, the new superhero movie. <laughs> homie and super homie 2021. I like that. I actually got pushed back. Um, <laughs> Starring Paul Rudd and Jared. <laughs> Um, basically is how can we just live more like Jesus and better love other others and kind of spread, um, within our own lives, just that culture of, Hey, I'm going to forgive other people or I'm going to live like Jesus and show people what it truly means to be forgiven. Even when, uh, I, or they don't deserve it because I, I truly think it's, um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the word. I don't know why I'm blanking. I want to think of it. Give me an idea of what it's, it's something about. effect. Trickle. Ripple. Tri- yeah, ripple effect. The there ripple. Trickle. Yeah. Well, that works. Yeah, oh, that would still works. work. I've heard of it. Um, but it trickles into our everyday trickle, lives. Trickle there you go. You used it correctly. Ah. And it's a ripple effect. So how can we as people better create that? Where does it start? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? It starts with seeing yourself as God sees you. It starts with mm. seeing people as God sees people. Mm-hmm. When you can do that, and not to say that it's easy, but when you can do that, it just becomes a bit easier because mm-hmm. God sees you as a, uh, if you're a Christian, right? If you put your faith in Jesus, he sees you as blameless, white as snow. You're, you're faultless in his eyes. And if you can see that yourself in, if you could see that within yourself, the way you see people becomes different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you can see that in people, then the way you live and treat people and the way people affect you becomes a lot different. But mm-hmm. the answer is always, it starts with yourself. You know, it always starts with yourself. Yeah. I think too, um, and this might sound a little bit more just like practical, I guess. It's just like, it's a daily habit. You know what I'm saying? It It's the same thing when it comes to going to the gym. It's the same thing when it comes to loving like Jesus and walking out a faithful life as a follower of Jesus. The more and more you walk with Jesus, the more and more you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the more and more that's going to overflow out of your life. And I think that right there is something that a lot of times we overlook as Christians because we can read and we can do these things and think to ourselves, I need to be like this. I need to be like this. I need to be like this. And it just starts with like those small actions of actually doing that and actually being filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, asking God, praying to God, Mm-hmm. on a daily basis to be able to give him opportunities to be able to do certain things like that. I think it just starts with that habitual. I think a lot of times when we hear that word habitual, we always assume as Christians habitual sin or habitual in a bad way. But there's good habits to have. And I think that right there, just as a starting off point every day, ask, Je- ask Jesus to fill you with his Holy Spirit and ask Jesus for those moments to act and be more like him every single day. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely kind of going back to what Jake said, realize you're not better. You're also a, a, a problem, I guess, in your own way. Um, just remembering 
Matthew six fifteen. If you do not forgive others of their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. I feel like Yikes. that's simple. That's a simple Yikes. one. It, it's like if you're not going to forgive, if I'm not going to forgive Jake for, you know, saying something mean to me during text messages because he does all the time. <laughs> no, I don't. But, I don't text you back. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and see words hurt people. But it, just thinking about it that way in like almost a selfish way, it's like, hey, God's not going to forgive me unless I forgive others. That, but I was reading, um, I'm reading, going through Philippians and this is, is like what hit me. So it's Philippians 2, 2 through 5. Um, they make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another or working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Mm-hmm. So when you put and you elevate other people, when you put them above you, when you had the same attitude that Jesus had, who came here in a human body as a slave, as a, as a bondservant for everyone, taking all of our sins, when you put yourself and you humble yourself, you're automatically going to be like, dang, I need to be forgiving other people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not deserving of this. I need to make sure and be pouring out that same forgiveness that he gave me and to other people. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. And I guess I would just say that uh, if I wanted a Gatorade and asked Jake for a Gatorade and he didn't have a Gatorade, he couldn't give me a Gatorade. <laughs> And the same thing with forgiveness. Like if you are not receiving the forgiveness, the love from God, it's going to be evident in your life when you take a look around and you're like, oh man, there's a bunch of people who I don't like. Truthfully, I really think that forgiveness and grace is not something that we can hand out like if we don't have it. And I think the the never-ending supply, you know, is Jesus. Mm -hmm. That supply of grace, forgiveness, mercy is never-ending from Him. Showers down on us at all times. And I think when we accept that into our lives, we can distribute that just as quickly as God is giving it to us. And that kind of goes along with what all you guys are saying and be active in it, you know, actually do something with what God is giving you. So that's what I would say Mm -hmm. to end all that. Anything else you guys got? No, I think the only last thing, which I think is always important to say to anybody, uh, is that this all begins because Jesus died for your sins and you need to know that, that God loves you and God loves you uh, a lot more than you understand. Um, and he's died for your sins and he has a plan for your life. If you so choose to step into that plan. And I think everything we're saying is us under that, under that understanding that God's done that for us and he's done that for you. And, uh, if you haven't yet, I encourage you to look into that and to accept Jesus. Um, because, what I've found is in marriage and life and work and all things, I don't know how people do it without, without Jesus. And I just would encourage you to do that because he does love you. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. And so hopefully this has been practical. Hopefully it kind of um, maybe unjumbles some thoughts you guys have had in your life. But um, we love y'all. Jake, thanks for being here. Yep. Chuck. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. Jared, thanks for being here, my guy. Glad to be here. Mm. And so thanks for listening. We love you guys. And subscribe on YouTube. Smash. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. I have church, Facebook, all that stuff. Join us on Sunday mornings. Come on. Sunday mornings online, 1030. Let's go. Um, but we love you guys, and we'll see you guys next week, huh? Peace out. Bye. Later.